What's the crack? Thanks for listening to the Irish Vice. We're just going to catch up here after today's edition of Family Therapy. We're at the table again with Kieran McLinton and Jackie McGuinness, ready to watch the match. Folks, team news. Kieran, what are you reckon? Wow. <laughs> I'm, I'm scared, but I'm excited at the same time. Yeah, I think I'm the same. When I seen it, there was a shock value to it. It was kind of like, oh God, no, this is this is not Mandalorian style. This is not the yeah, way. Yeah, this is not the way. You text me, I was like, oh no. <laughs> yeah. uh, was what like, did what? you think? I only got one wrong. I'm the one player, I guess. Right. It's becoming sick then, but yes, you only take one. <laughs> Stop being so right all the time. I, I heard your team selects and I thought, no way, not unless he totally reacts no, to the media had backlash. To change it. We had to restructure that team. Eddie Howe has done the same with the Newcastle team. Mm-hmm. So this is his chance to mix it up. But I'll ask you this, both of you. Is this a brave choice by Eric Ten Hag or a complete reaction to the media backlash? Both. No, I, I agree with Kieran's both. I think there would have been some kind of a backlash anyway for dropping either Rashford or Bruno. Oh, they're the scapegoats. I think yeah. there would have been more of a backlash if they weren't dropped. If they weren't, or one of them wasn't. We said on the podcast that if he was going to drop Rashford and Bruno, rightfully so, he should drop Rasmus Hoyland as well. Like, you can't just blame those two components. It has to be a complete wipe of the slate, and he's done it. But more shockingly is, he has played the midfield, bar about Hannibal Mowbray, that I think everybody's crying out to see. Now, Casemiro and Mount have only played a handful of games together, but I'm excited to see that. Yeah. Do you think that's the dynamic that'll work for United, or is there two in the middle that you're hoping to see? Maybe a Casemiro Amrabat. Maybe. Hoping it works. You see, do you would agree then that that's our our starting two fully fit Cass and Mount? I would like to see them run games together. Yeah. Yes. A lot of people are calling for Amrabat to start with Casemiro to play the two holding midfielders. Um, what well, I think Casemiro has also proved his validity going forward as well yeah yeah, he can get forward really well but in a game where he has Mason Mount and Hannibal Mabry in the team I think he's going to have to sit he doesn't need he to he has to sit he can control the game yeah I can prove the point there like we mentioned in the last podcast like the value of having Varane Mount Cass in front Ten Hag's added himself was the core of why we were, we were so successful yeah, and had a good first season, and that's been how many games has that been the case starting the case this year? Mm. We've missed one or not all of them. Yeah. at different stages, and we're only starting November here. So, I think that is a lot of the way of the way as well. We always mention every mm. time playing out from the back, and it hasn't. Well, that's why we've got Van in to play out from the back, yeah. and he hasn't got the personnel no. to play out from the back. He addressed this, Eric Ten Hag, didn't he? He said that Andrew Nana has to focus on the basics of goalkeeping and refining his form before he starts to play progressively forward. And I heard that and thought, so that's tactical then? You're asking him to go long or to not make those mistakes? I think Eric Ten Hag looked at the goalkeeping mistakes and thought, right, I'm not going to give this man the opportunity to make mistakes passing the ball. Let's protect him a wee bit. Or did he not want to dig out Lindelof and Maguire because they can't play out from the back? He picked Lindelof and Maguire tonight. So go figure on that one. Well, I was expecting a more fit, progressive defence. defenders would be Varane and um, Martinez. Well, start. why isn't he addressing the Varane situation? Raphael Varane didn't start the last game. He's not even there no. tonight. He's not even there tonight. Have you heard anything about him being injured? Uh, or? I've been looking. I can't see why he hasn't. Where he is yeah. or... There's been nothing. Has he been got a wee knock or is he ill or... Why not take him to the game against City and put him on the bench if he was injured? Or has he got injured in between the City game and now? Or is there a fallen out there? So he could be. See, you don't know. See, everyone can speculate. And, you know, but it could be simple, something simple. simple. It could be a family thing. 
You don't know. Yeah, until you know you can say, oh, he's this, he's falling out with this manager. Trying to stir the pot. Yeah. As the, as the media and the fickle United fans out there love to do. Yeah, I mean, he's brought Victor Lindelof back in at left back. I think that's a reaction to Johnny Evans at the weekend. I don't think Johnny Evans covered himself in glory in that game, but no. I don't think that's Johnny Evans' fault. No. Massive step up for a lad that was brought in on a one-year contract and didn't have a club, essentially. For cover. For cover, and had to start. Well, didn't have to start. Well, no, he did have to start. Maybe Raphael Brown was hurt. I think yeah. he did, because I, if you, it was a pre, pretty much one of, his recent, one of his recent games, Johnny Evans said he didn't expect play this much football no was it, the, was it the game or? I think you're right yeah was it the Champions League game the, the 1-1-0 I mean Aaron Wambasaka comes back onto the bench that's a massive plus Johnny yeah. Evans is there Raphael Varane obviously missing some of the big names on the bench Hoyvlin uh, Rashford Fernandez. the front line dropped are you excited to see this team tonight or are you worried I'm, I'm worried I have to say that I'm not going to change my tune from earlier I don't know how you can make six changes in midfield and the forward line especially and expect a result tonight, but maybe I'm wrong. Well, I'm excited. I am. Yeah, I really am excited because, as we've said before, the football has been dire and he needed to change that formation and the personnel. I asked this question earlier. Do you think that Eric Ten Hag gets a bit of grace tonight because he changed the team? Or does changing the team have any impact on what's going to happen if he loses tonight? A lot of fans... As I said, will if he does get beat tonight, will jump on the back and be like ten hag out, ten hag out, which you're seeing already. Yeah, yeah. And it's becoming better. And I don't think I think I tagged you in this earlier on, Roy. Um, stats from Arteta's management the way he started, the way Klopp started. Oh yeah. You know, first season, eighth, 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 fourth. The took yeah. three or four years to get even near the top three. Yeah, I think that's more relevant than I've seen some people were trying to defend it. And it's not to pick on the generational thing, but some people were trying to say, oh, well, look at Alex Ferguson's start. It was 12th, 11th, 2nd. You know, it was four brutal. chaotic, brutal starts. I'd argue that it's a different generation now because it's a lot more competitive than when Ferguson kicked off. A lot more money. A lot more money. But Arteta's, what you just brought up there, Arteta's start at Arsenal. It took time. It took transfers. It took yeah. a lot of patience, mm-hmm. and they had a few mason mounts, a few frogs turned into princes. We were know, laughing. We were laughing. laughing. Martin Odegaard is going to be your ten. I no, dead on. Martin Say Odegaard that. now one of the best players, and yeah. he relied on youth. He brought Martinelli and Saka in. And got rid of also. Got rid of Aubameyang. He took City's cast offs. Apparently, he took in Zinchenko. He took in Gabriel Jesus. Two players who massively improved the Arsenal team overall. He just had it's a bit by bit had the. And managers and players have to bed in, and sometimes it takes players a bit longer. I agree that that time could get it right. I'm not going to back down on the point that I don't think this is the man for the job. I don't think he's tactically good enough to get Manchester United playing the way that we should be playing. It's going to be only time is going to prove what was right, but I don't think he's the guy. I think, I think, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to disagree with you and side with Jacqueline as well. Here, young gear talking out of your (laughs) behind there. Yeah, yeah, I think you just need to be. It's the tactics that don't inspire me. It's the playing out from the back, it's the slow possession based football. Now, I hope this is a player's issue and that he gets his own players and this changes, but I don't think so. I don't think the game plan itself is good enough, so I don't see how players coming back is going to change it. The movement is slow. Yeah, yeah. And they're not getting the ball, they're not progressing the ball quick enough to the forward line. I will judge the man when. Those key players, when Shaw, I think, is a big player. 
in the way he wants to play. And uh, Lisandro Martinez. So when those players are back, fit and firing, then I'll judge him. There has been massive criticism over our Ten Hag signings. And people have deflected away from that and said that, oh, he inherited certain players. You know, you can't hold the players that he inherited against him. There's only one inherited player in the midfield and forward line tonight. It's two academy-wise and then Ten Hag's lads. So if this goes wrong, the backlash will be justified, in my opinion. This is his midfield. This is Casemiro Mount. Two lads bought to fix the money in the midfield. And this is Anthony out there. So he has Anthony Martial and then two academy lads, one of which he has chosen to promote in Hannibal Mabry. And you could argue Alejandro Garnacho broke through under a different manager, but... But still, yeah, top, top, top. Yeah. They're brilliant players, but I just think if he gets this one wrong tonight, he's kind of making a roll for his own back. I really hope we win. I am excited well, to see yeah, those young guys play. Well, I think, like we've all said, like we haven't had our, a settled team, our settled gel, and I think last year proved when we do have consistent back teams, team sheets, like you could pick... Nine out of nine of out of eleven players all season last season. Can compete. Until the until unfortunately a few players get injured after we won the Carabao Cup. Yeah, one last one before we go because the match is about to kick off in two minutes and I am buzzing for this. If it works, if I'm completely wrong and this team goes out tonight, puts on a performance, beats Newcastle, how does he let Bruno Fernandez and Marcus Rashford back into the team? Well. Does Mebry and Garnacho now justify a starting berth? Does he have to leave Fernandez and Rashford out for a couple of games? Look, look at our next two games. Yeah. Fulham, Luton. Perfect. He has chance. Copenhagen after Fulham. There you go. Yeah. It is. I let, well, if it goes well tonight, let them sit on the bench next week on Saturday. And then playing against Copenhagen. Playing against Copenhagen. Let them see. Let them think about. You know. But it will. It will be an incentive for those two players. Yeah. Sitting on the bench tonight, mm-hmm. if those lads do well, to say I'm not undroppable, yeah, exactly. and the manager can drop me, so they kick up the ass they need, and up their game. Wake up call. Yeah. I really hope he's alright. Right, folks, we'll be back at half time. Please enjoy the first half of the match. We enjoy the first half of the match. Talks. Enjoy, folks. And we're back. Half time rings out to another chorus booze at Old Trafford. Warranted, in my opinion. Uh, it's individual errors, it's a collective shit show once again for Manchester United. The changes were wrong that I think a lot of people wanted and it just hasn't worked. So, Jacqueline, what do you think? What do you make of that first half? It started off well and it was exciting and it progressed the ball well and it progressed the ball forward. And then it just went back into the same old, same old pattern. Mesbury should have been sent off. He should have. Diego Dallo has been shocking. I don't know how he's going to turn it around in the second half. I really don't. Karen, those are the changes that many people wanted to see. We've seen them now. Mm-hmm. And it's the exact same style of play. It's the exact same yeah. lacklustre performance. And we're playing a Newcastle team that looks infinitely more well-drilled than we are. So yeah. what needs to give in the second half? Well, I think there needs to be a couple of changes. I think Mejbury, I think got, I got overexcited, as we discussed, by the occasion. I think he's just went... He's a wee terrier run where he's thrown in. He's too late for tackles. He's he's going to get sent off. He should have been sent off. Um, Martial's been non-existent too. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's a tough one to watch because he's gone balls to the wall as an expression. You know, he's come in, he's changed six players in midfield and attack and it showed glimpses of more energy and more fight in the first half. But again, I'm going to bring this back. 
as someone the questioner Eric Ten Hag's tactics in the start of the game Newcastle looks so much better on possession than Manchester United now this is a this is not Newcastle's first team we both made wholesale changes but the second string Newcastle players look to know what they're at how to play the game and how to exploit Manchester United with United offering nothing back why is that? I think we're making them look good by individual mistakes I would agree we're absolutely making them look better than they are because we are playing so poorly and especially in defence and they have attacked our right side all game so they're targeting Dallow yeah they've come down the left so often Diogo Dallow I'm sick saying it is not good enough to be starting any game of football for Manchester United he's such a poor defender he is a highlight reel YouTube player he, he's being exploited left right and centre here but to drag it back to the original point why are Newcastle so much better drilled than we are? This is Newcastle's second string team. This is United's second string team here. Why are they so much better in possession than we are? Is it that Eddie Howe knows what he's doing on the training pitch and Eric Ten Hag doesn't? I think there's too many prima donnas in that team. For a start. In our team? Yep. Yeah. Who would you send away? Individual players that Individual, are Individuals. Yeah, they white. don't play as a team. We're not playing as a collective no. at all, and we haven't from the, the from the start of the season. We it's a mashup of playing styles, and it is individuals playing for themselves. Okay, you. I would say our biggest problem tonight again is the midfield. Would you agree with that? No, I think our biggest problem is two individuals for two different reasons that are making mistakes. Huge mistakes in Mesbury and Dallas. But do you not think those mistakes are being made out of possession? No. No, in possession as well. Yeah, Dallow isn't the answer in possession. I can see that one. But Hannibal Mesbury is on the pitch tonight as the number 10. Casemiro is on the pitch and Mason Mount is on the pitch. Casemiro was chosen to fix the hole in midfield by Eric Hag. Mason Mount was chosen, apparently, to play the conduit, the Frankie de Jong on a lesser scale, the player that gets things moving. Why is it not working for you now? But do you not think Casemiro's had to compensate for Diogo Dallas? Mistakes. Shitness. He is. He's right. coming in right back. And they're not playing it through the midfield here. They they're can't. playing it down Dallas' side. They That's are, what they're doing. We're they're talking about Dallow. gaining possession now. That's fine. Out of possession, I can excuse the mistakes. In possession, we're losing the ball way too often. Exactly. So why it? are Newcastle losing so well? Mistakes, Who's losing it? Four or five times there. Dallas lost it in the final third. Anthony's playing well. He's excited. He's going forward. He's trying to have one twos with Dallow. He can't. He's doing his defensive duties. But Mountain Casemiro don't look cohesive either. Mountain's been actually very. How many games have Mountain and Casemiro played together this season? How many games has Mason Mount played for? Who stop? is in the Newcastle's midfield today? Jolington, Longstaff, and who's the other midfielder they have in there? Anthony Gordon is it, or is Gordon playing in the wing? I think Anthony Gordon has dropped the midfield now to let Amron play the wing. Mm. So how many games have Anthony Gordon, Longstaff, and Joe Linton played together? That's not Newcastle's midfield. No, but they played games together, Rory. They all play games yeah, together. Yeah, they have they played have more have. games. We are chopping and changing our side either through tactics or through opposition or injury. So do we persevere with Casemiro and Mount for this game? I yes. Would take yes. Mesbury off. Who would you put on from Mesbury? I, I, I don't want to concede any more goals. I think if it was 1 0 down, it would have been Bruno. 
I think the fact maybe they're two 0 down now, it'll be Amrabat. But is Amrabat not too defensive? Okay. Uh, I I would argue Amrabat should have started from the start. Mm-hmm. The Mount should be playing as the ten tonight if you have yeah. a burning one. The Amrabat and Cash should have held midfield. That's what I was going to say. Mount he made a statement, didn't he? Yeah. He hooked his whole midfield from the city game, and he brought in this new midfield as if to show these boys. And this is the point I tried to make to you earlier. That's that if that works, that's fine. But mum, if if you don't get it right, you are going to be hung out to dry tonight. It's more booze at half time. It'll be castration for Eric and Hag after this if this goes the way I think it's going to go. And I am going to throw my opinion out right now. I think this ends up 3 4 0. I think Newcastle haven't played particularly well tonight. They've had wee spells where they've given Manchester United too much respect. And when they come out in this second half with no respect, and nor they should for that United team, I think they'll hammer us. Well, in my opinion, I think Newcastle have not commanded the midfield. And I would put Bruno Fernandes on, and I would take Mejbury off. I would play Casemiro, Fernandes, Mount. But I would only leave Mount on for the next 10, 15 minutes. So, Kieran, Miss Mount, you and I are big fans. I think he can get a rate. Yeah, we we were stumbled when he picked uh, the seven to give it to Mason Mount. That was oh, one yeah. But the deficiencies of Mason Mount were shown in the second goal. Levermanto comes charging forward. Our holding midfielder gets completely struck by the right back. The right back continues on, plays it in, and once again Diogo Dallo offers absolutely nothing defensively. And Almiron there you go. Strokes the ball into the net. Now Andre Onana, in no shape or form, can be blamed for that first half. I think Onana has had a good performance. But he's consistently let down by his defence. Yep. And until we get whatever's wrong with Fran, as we discussed before the game, Martinez, you know, we need to invest in more quality, I think, if we if we can. Yeah, but I, I think Harry Maguire has been very good tonight. Well, I'd agree with you. I but think yeah. Harry Maguire has busted in the midfield. He's commanded, he's won his headers. Yeah. His passing range is exceptional at times. Yep. But Victor Lindelof again. Very shaky. But we look very shaky. We seem to look very shaky whenever Martinez because it is out of that back lane. Yeah, we do. I think he adds a bite and a comfortableness on the ball that isn't there beside yeah. Harry Maguire. Yeah. He's very assured on the ball. Yeah. He's very assured on the ball. I have to say, when it comes to the defence, Harry Maguire is the only one impressed me tonight. I think Rahulian looks a bit easy to get at. I think Dallow looks non-existent, as per usual. I'm sick crying about how Diego Dallow is an attack-minded right-back Both who cannot defend. Are you I think our full bats tonight have been caught too high up the pitch. Yep. So who who are the changes then? Who are the changes? Well I said my changes. I would take up Medjbury and I would take up Dallow and we'll put Aaron the sack on. He's on the bench so therefore he's fit enough to play. And Bruno Fernandez. If Bruno comes on, does Mount go into the ten with Bruno in midfield or are you playing Bruno as the ten and Mount in midfield? Um, Bruno is the ten, Mount midfield. Kieran? Oh, great. I don't know if that's going to... Uh, do you know what? I've watched Mason Mount a few times this season and I'm going to call it now, Mountain 10. I, I can't believe how slack he looks in defence, but maybe that's the N'Golo Kante effect. Casemiro is not Kante. Kante can sweep for any team in the world. And I think Casemiro is getting caught with silly fouls and he's being exposed and he's having to work too hard. But that didn't happen when I watched Mountain Chelsea. Chelsea had a good old counter. Who is? Who had an engine like a Ferrari? Yes. We'll take it argue Sophie and Amrabat does, but he doesn't look up to speed yet. No. So I'm going to say that I would take off 
Hannibal Mabry and put on Sophie and Amrabat. I would move Mason Mount into the 10 and I would take off Anthony Marshall for Rasmus Hoibland half time. Yeah. I'd play two old midfielders. I'd have Mount in as the 10. I would persist with Anthony. I would persist with Garnacho just to leave Rashford out of the team. More for my own benefit because if we don't score goals I'm going to turn around and say well there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Told you so. Told you so but I really hope we do. But I don't think Garnacho is impressing me whatsoever. He's very naive. His decision making's poor. He's everything you expect for a young lad at that level. He's an impact substitute man yeah, who needs to feel out games. There's a bit of fight in him as well. There is. I would he agree. challenges for every ball. He doesn't. He tracks back. He doesn't give up. There's a bit of fight. I would leave Garnacho on. But there's on. no end product. And at what stage do you sacrifice effort and in Marcus Rashford either this season? Okay, one goal, one assist. No, but he gets into positions. He occupies more attacking positions than Alejandro Garnacho. There hasn't been one Garnacho opportunity to score in that first half. I'd argue that Marcus Rashford gets into the chances, into the areas, makes the opportunities. He's just not finishing. So I would say as an offensive output, you're getting less from Garnacho at the minute because he's not creating anything. And I don't blame the lad on that. I just think that's naivety. I think Rashford has spent the years around the Premier League to be able to juke himself into the box, a bit like he did against City. And he didn't score. But if he does score, it's a different story. Yeah, well, I would leave Garnacho on for the time being. So would I, to that point. I would. But if Garnacho persists the way he has, you have to release Rashford. But I, but I definitely agree Martial for Hyden. I think Martial's doing, been non-existent. doing his own thing. He's, he's out in the left wing and there's no But there's the no middle. service to him, is there? No. The service to him is coming in with crosses and it's coming in with high balls. Everything Rasmus Hyveland would love. If you put Hyveland on the pitch, the ball would be played in defeat and the ball would be played with Hyveland with his back to goal. I mean, what in the name of fuck does it take for these lads on the pitch, Eric Yard as a coaching, to figure out you hit the big man crosses and you hit the technical wide with ball defeat? You know, it. That to me is a it's coach. not rocket science, like is it? But it feels like a coaching and tactics issue again. I hate to drag oh, it back. That's but an instinct. If we all here played football, right? There, you can coach a player, yeah. But there's instinct as well when you're a footballer. You know, you should know that. You should know your 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 colleagues' strengths and weaknesses. That doesn't. Football intelligence. Exactly, Kier. Eric Ten Hag doesn't have to say. Right, Martial, not great in the air, play to his feet. I have 110. Shouldn't have, shouldn't have to say that. Holland's a better target man though, I agree with that. But, what I'm saying is, I don't think he's telling these individuals to do that. Football intelligence is massive. What I think is happening is, Ericsson Hag has a really regimented way of playing football. That regimented way of playing football is to pass the ball about and look for opportunities and move the team around. Even in and around the box, frustrating as it is, They'll camp on the opposition box and move that ball around until the perfect opportunity presents itself. That suits Anthony Marshall. But all of a sudden, tonight, that's not happening. I'm seeing crosses. I'm seeing them look for opportunities to whip the ball into the box a lot more. So why the shift when Hyland's not in the team? Why that difference? Surely the manager realises that if you're going to do that, then you have to play the big one. No. Yeah, and football's fickle as well. Like... Newcastle got the two goals from counter-attacking football. Yeah. And, and we lost possession. Lost possession. In those two transitions. If you, I think if you watch the last five games that I've watched Manchester United play, with the exception of the City, you've played a lot more on the front foot. 
Manchester United conceded their goals predominantly from the counter-attack because watching this second half, you're going to see this exact pattern of play happen 10, 15 times from Newcastle. Manchester United will have the ball and all 11 players from the Newcastle team will be in their own half to say, come and break us down. You can have the ball between Maguire and you can have the ball between them Love and we'll let you have it. Now you come forward and you try to break us down and then they'll catch us. But that is that has been the problem all season. We are slow in transition, we're slow in possession and we cannot break down then the low block. Do you not think that should be the main focus then of training here? Passing the ball, passing the ball. Quicker. Quicker. Okay. Under pressure passing. Passing in really tight situations. So I just, I'm watching here, I think Aaron Wambasaka and Sophie and Amrabat are coming on for Hannibal Mabry and Diogo Dalla. You give them out 10, 15. It's about to start again, folks. So we're going to cut it off here and then we'll be back at full time. I really hope this first half is better because frankly, it can't get any fucking worse. Don't say that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Talk soon. And we're back. Full time analysis of another Manchester United shit show. Absolutely dire at Old Trafford again. And thank God for once the booze weren't triumphant because nobody's dead in the stadium this time. Or you hit the mute button. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm just going to call it first. This is a shit show and I have no one else to blame but the manager. It's a tactical mishap. Eddie Howe played a much changed Newcastle team who performed much, much better than Manchester United in possession of the football. And Eddie Howe has been there as long as Eric Ten Hag. So where do people turn to now? The only two people I can ask are Kieran and Mum. So Mum, you go first. Oh no, Kieran, you go first. Yes. <laughs> where, where do you really start? First, first, I don't know. I don't think your Ten Hag out agenda is right. I'm going to call you out on it. And you've, waited, you've, been, you've been waiting for it since the third goal went in. I thought United were much better in the second half, to be fair. You can disagree with me all you want. I wouldn't disagree, but I think there's but, shit there. Their second half performance was much, much better and still secondary to Newcastle. One individual error and one well taken shot. That was it. Where are the goals? Exactly. exactly. Where are the chances? Exactly. But where were the chances in that game? Right. We dropped Marcus Rashford and we were crying out for fan favourite Garnacho, right? We dropped. You were crying out for fan favourite Garnacho. You wanted Rashford to drop more than anyone. Uh, Yes, I did. Yeah. Where's the alternative? And what did he do? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. What did Granato do? Nothing. What did Manchester United do? Nothing. So at what stage are we going to turn around and say, that's on our manager? Our our forward line is insipid at the minute. Our manager's shy. Totally insipid. He's brutal. He is tactically inept. He is clueless. And he looks as forlorn on the side of that pitch tonight as Solskjaer did at the end. It is not there. Team selection, discipline and standards are half of a managerial role. It comes down to role. coaching. No. Eddie Howe has a lesser squad, he has a lesser team, he doesn't have the superstars of Manchester United, but they looked much better than us when they had didn't have their stars and when they did have their stars. And do you know why that is? Because he gets it right Monday to Friday on the training pitch. Fair enough. Where did we come last season? This isn't last season. No, I'm asking a question. Where this did we come is last not season? last season. No, because you don't want to answer it because we came... Ahead of Newcastle. Are we right? ahead of Newcastle now? We are. There are too many variables for that man United. Back to the crutch. There's too many injuries. There's too many variables outside the football. You're entrenched, in the, you're entrenched in the camp now 
of it's a manager and Eric Ten Hag out. Right, I'm going to ask you a question. Well, I wait to be who, proven wrong. Who in? Who in? I don't know. Anybody. This is Dar. Rinse and repeat. Yeah, rinse and repeat is right. Fickle, twi- fickle Twitter rinse fan. Rinse and repeat. This was his players tonight, guys. This was his players tonight. He picked this team to come out and perform. Now, don't get me wrong. In phases, it looked better. But it was still secondary. I am watching the TV now. And Newcastle are in front of their fans applauding as a whole collective squad defeating Manchester United at Old Trafford and they deserve it. They deserve it because they played much better football. I Take the individuals out of it. Take the team selection out of it. They played much better football. That came from their coach, Eddie Howe. I disagree. In terms they of didn't what? Play, they, they didn't, didn't play, play better much better football. football. We... The, they were clinical in their football. They were better passing. They were clinical. They were better passing. We had individuals who made Parable too mistakes. many individual mistakes. And it's happening game after game. Mm. We have a forward line that cannot put the bloody ball in the back of the net. If you can't score, you're not going to win a game. Simple as. You both just re- referenced rinse and repeat. I have heard this rhetoric come from Louis van Hal's team, Jose Mourinho's team, Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer's team, Ralph Rangnick's team, and now you're saying about Ertan Hag's team. It's not the coach, it's individual errors. What manager comes in and snuffs out those individual errors? So you're going to get rid of Ertan Hag now and get whoever in, right? Kieran's right, it is rinse and repeat. Eric Ten Hag has spent four hundred million on players that he wanted, and they played tonight. And shit. they right. You want him sacked tomorrow? Okay. He's holding midfielder. Sorry, no. Let me speak. Right. You want him gone? Right. You bring in another manager who goes. I can't work with those players because they're not going to play my system. So therefore, he wants another four hundred, three hundred million, and it doesn't work out. Right. Because you have a mashup, and I keep saying it, of players from different regimes that cannot play as a team. Football is a team sport, not an individual sport. And we have individuals on that pitch playing for themselves or not playing to direction. And that is my gripe about this team at the minute. You cannot get rid of Eric Ten Hag now because it'll be back to square one and we keep going back to square one and keep throwing money at the situation. And we keep paying managers off who millions of pounds were wasted um, paying managers off instead of sticking with it and sticking with the process. What Arsenal did with Arteta, what Liverpool did with Jurgen Klopp and are much further in the process than we are. Kieran, do you think this one gets right? I think I would agree with what Jacqueline just said. Why? Just hundred percent. Cause it's the same thing. You you give your manager sack ten high tomorrow. Bring in a new manager. I will throw some more debt on the club. We'll spend another two hundred million on whatever manager's players. So we'll mix them in with ten high's players. But uh, who did Eddie Howe inherit at Newcastle? He made them a team. But look at the players that are playing there tonight. Look at the players that stood out tonight. I think Livermore had an amazing game tonight. Brilliant game. So where, where does people expect New, what what does people expect Newcastle to do? But Newcastle made the signings that suited Newcastle. They had the coach, they coached the Newcastle game. Now if it had been the Woodward scenario 
and we had him sitting here with Ollie and we said that Woodward was to blame and that Woodward brought in his signings and his signings couldn't work for the manager we had in charge. I'd swallow what you're saying. But that's bullshit, guys. Eric Ten Hag picked these players. He picked Mason Mount. Casemiro, I think, was forced upon him because he couldn't get Frankie De Jong. We'll excuse Reaction. that. He took him off, but he pursued Sofian Amrabat because he wanted them. He pursued Anthony because he wanted them. He pursued Hovland because he wanted them. And we can't score goals. But it's not our fault. Did he want power? It's not his fault. It's... Whose fault is it? It's the Manchester United individual players. I'm calling bullshit and that. But are we not at the start of a process that Klopp was and Arteta was? We're the second year into a process of that. But we're we not. have no identity. We, we have no playing style. And when we look at the playing style and it looks good, it's secondary to Eddie Howe's Newcastle because they play better football. So even if he gets the players in, what I'm saying to you is Eddie Howe's Newcastle tonight played much better football because they were coached and drilled to play better football than our manager. And do you know how long Eddie Howe's been in the job compared to Ayrton Hag? Fucking zero days. Yeah. How do you win football matches, Rory? Collectively, you go out as 1-11 to 11 with a game plan and you execute the game plan. No. And if you want to reference something, reference Leicester when Leicester won the league. 1-11 to 11 playing to the manager's tactics and the manager's coaching can defeat anything. Yeah. Leicester did in the Premier League. But also, you, you score more goals than the opposition does. And our forward line Aren't is boring. going back to it insipid at the minute. We are not... Point to we, a clear-cut chance for me tonight. Point to a clear-cut chance for the forward line now tonight. That's my point. That's the point. That is my point. No, no, no. My point is to you, you're saying the forward line isn't scoring goals. But point to a chance tonight where Manchester United, under the instruction of our manager, created a goal-scoring opportunity that our forward line let him down on. Let's take the emphasis away from the squad, right? And let's put it on to the manager. He coaches the tactics, he coaches what goes on to the pitch, and he comes up with the passages of play that dictate the goal-scoring opportunities. Somebody tell me a goal-scoring opportunity tonight where one of our forwards, all six of them tonight, guys, fluffed it. And they have been. Name one tonight. All season. But name one tonight. Name one goal. Now, we sat and watched 90 minutes. Name a player that was in an opportunity to score a goal tonight that fluffed it. Bruno. When? Yeah, the end. Second half there. We have won. So we're 3 0 down, we've won. Name a set. Marshall. When? Hoyland would have got that. The header? Yeah. No, that was and something that made you sit down there. Oh, you were saying if Hoyland had been on, he that would have been a goal. Exactly. Thank you for proving my point. So if the manager puts Roismas Hoyland on in a team that can cross the ball as this evening showed, then he scores. But Hoyland wasn't on the pitch. Now why was Hoyland not on the pitch? Because the manager didn't fucking play him. He hasn't been scoring. It's that simple. You look at our forward tonight, right? Anthony Marshall is not prolific in the air. He had, I, look, I'm not into stats. He's not good in the air. You have to play the ball to his feet, right? That's where he is prolific. We were crossing ball after ball after ball into that box that we never did for us. Where do you think that came match. from? You're, are you saying to me now, with what you've seen tonight, that the tactics were to play the ball in Nancy Marshall? Because if not, who does that fall on? You're saying to me the ball was crossed in consistently now, and I'll concede the Marshall chance. 
if Hyland is there, he scores. But Hyland wasn't there, so I'm taking that chance away from you. Because the manager chose to play Anthony Marshall instead of Rasmus Hyland. And the manager chose the tactics to make would be that we spread the ball wide and we feed it into the box. But he dropped the main outlet. So why is that the player's fault and not the manager's? But I'm sorry, if you're any other manager and your striker's not scoring, would you not try something different? I would, sorry. but I would try the same sorry. style of football. Do you disagree with me, Rory? I just agree. Aye, well then, next point, please. <laughs> I agree with you. Thank well, you. Well, but hear me out. What we watched the weekend with Man City was ball being played into the striker's feet, yes? Mixture of both, yeah. No, ball played into the striker's feet. We didn't try and cross the ball. We didn't have Anthony on. We didn't have Granacho on. No. We didn't have Rahelian on. We weren't trying to cross the ball in from deep. We weren't trying to cross the ball in from the wings. But we had Hoyland on. So then you switch that. You bring in Rahelian. You bring in Anthony. And you bring in Granacho. So you've got creative outlets that can cross the ball. And the ball is coming into the box. What's the missing common denominator here? The fact that you didn't play Rasmus Hoyland. Now who made that decision? No, I was surprised at that. But Eric Tim Yes. Hannah. Yes. He did make that decision. But back to my point, any other manager, you can't just blame it's Ten Hag. Any manager looking at their striker, not scoring, in the yes, he has three Champions League goals, Premier League, whatever. Would you not try give Martial a go? 110% Kieran, but I would employ the same tactics as I played against City. I get what you're saying. you're taking the tactical side of the game and the coaching side of the game and you're flipping it. If you're going to play Anthony Martial, play the City tactics. If you're going to play the tactics tonight, play Rasmus Hoyland and that is where I hang him out to dry. If you don't understand that tonight suited Rasmus Hoyland with your style of play a lot more than suited Anthony Martial, that's on you. If you don't understand that your tactics against Man City suited Anthony Marshall a lot more than Rasmus Hoyland, that's on you. You need to be tactically masterful to coach a team like Manchester United into Premier Leagues and Champions Leagues. He is not. What did Hoyland do there when he came on? Nothing, Kieran. But what I go back to is he was outclassed tonight by Eddie Howe. Now, if we cannot find a way to tactically unpick Newcastle... What chance have we got of winning against Pep Guardiola's City and Jurgen Klopp's Liverpool? And even more so, now after last season, what we're seeing this season, Mikel Arteta's Arsenal. So you're saying that we're aspiring for fourth by what we're discussing tonight. But I argue that we're not fourth. Because Ange has got Tottenham playing better and judging on tonight, Eddie Howe has got Newcastle playing better. So our top ambitions this season are to get sixth. See what happens in May. West Ham beat Arsenal tonight. Oh yeah, are they in crisis? Yeah. Oh, sack, sack they are Arte- not, because Arte- they played much, much better in the league. Arteta Arte- Arte- out. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, yeah, no. No. Right, okay, right, right, I concede your point, but <laughs> the fact is that everybody's lord up at the minute, Mikel Arteta. Yeah. He did very well last season, but Arsenal were beat tonight by West Ham, okay? Moisey. Yeah, by Moyes is right, but... Uh, Football matches are won moments. by goals. And moments is right here. Because you look at Newcastle's three goals tonight. Was because we lost possession high up. One. They took their chances and got luckier than we were. Mikel Arteta is arguably going to go through in the Champions League. Can we agree on that? I don't follow Arsenal, so I don't know. Their top is over. They beat Sevilla. I'd say they probably will. Manchester United cannot beat Sevilla. They're a conundrum to us. Yes? But Arsenal did it. Would okay. you rather be in the semi-finals of the Carabao Cup or the knockout stages of the Champions League? 
Mm. It's the knockout stage of the Champions League. So Mikel Arteta, and also who is higher in the league at the minute? Arteta's Arsenal or Tags Manchester United? So we're saying that at the moment, because West Ham knocked out Arsenal, we should be drawing similarities between Manchester United and Arsenal. That's bullshit. Arsenal's still got big. Arsenal are going into the knockout stages of the Champions League, and they are much, much higher in the league. They're in a much better position than Arsenal and United. And I tell you what really stands by Arsenal. Arsenal could beat tonight. Do we expect Arsenal to lose the weekend? Newcastle. Do you know what? I cannot wait to sit on this podcast post Saturday. What I believe will happen at the weekend is Arsenal will school Newcastle because Newcastle have a lot of injuries and Arsenal have a few injuries but enough of a team there to beat Newcastle. Sorry, can I, can I, can I take you back there right to the Arsenal game this season? Yes. We sat and watched it. Do you not think we deserve to beat Arsenal that game? Nope. I do not. We argued this after the game. I think the Gabriel tackle on Hoyland was definitely a penalty, but I think Manchester United fans reached and clutched the straws because the football had been so poor up until that point. And post that game, even if you don't believe in my point, post that game, Arsenal have gone on the heights and we've been shit. Yes, but I was just referencing your argument there, Arsenal, Arteta. Kieran, he has come up against Hotham, he has come up against Arsenal, he has come up against Man City, and now he's come up tonight. In against Newcastle a lot of those games have been at home and he has been tactically inept and outfought and outthought by the managers he has faced the ball has been very poor brutal at what stage do we strip refereeing decisions and moments and injuries and other variables out and look at this manager and think what are you doing from Monday to Sunday what are you doing to get this team playing? Yeah, I know, I know what you're saying, Rory, and you want Eric Ten Hag out at this moment, right? But what is the answer? I don't know what the answer is. I think you persevere. I want Eric Ten Hag out, but I'm not reactionist enough to say that I want him out now. Eric Ten Hag needs to stay in charge till January. Jim Ratcliffe needs to come in with whatever footballing committee that he wants and pick his own manager. Who? Um, Who would want that job? My top candidates, I think, at the minute in Europe would be pressure. Nobody can handle Roberto Deserve. You're going to pay a premium to. Or I think, from what I'm watching in passing passages of Manchester United, I think we. Sorry, that that breaks up. I think we missed the turn in Luis Enrique. I think when you look at Manchester United's main frailties and main deficiencies, it's in the ability to pass in triangles and to be able to control football and pass the ball away. You look at what we're trying to do. And yes, brilliant points in the first half of the podcast. There were passages where Dallow lets you down, Mary lets you down. There's individual mistakes. But I think that Newcastle still had lesser players than the players were mentioning on that pitch, and they didn't do it. So why is Eddie Howe so much better at coaching, passing, positional transitions of play than Ayrton Hag? It's because he's a better coach. That is my true belief. I think... I said this on a previous podcast. There are managers and there are coaches. And there are enigmas like Jurgen Klopp and Pep Guardiola. But Eric Ten Hag is a brilliant manager and a poor coach. And something is going wrong Monday to Sunday on the training pitch where Manchester United can play his identity. And that's evident from what we're seeing. And I think, by and far, what I have said has come about every single game we're watching. We're being beat on the passing game. We're very poor in transitional play. 
we're giving the ball away too much and we're suffering goals because Boy, the bottom line is we're not scoring. We're but, not scoring goals. But the goals we're conceding, two goals, the, the last two goals tonight, right? We'll take that goal. Lewis Hall's goal was brilliant. Lewis Hall's goal was brilliant, right? But two goals tonight. You have Mason Mount sitting playing hole in midfield in the first half. We're about to watch it. There's a positional player from Manchester United. We get ourselves in an advanced position. Give the ball away. Newcastle pounce. Almiron isolated with Dallow. And they score. Then you're looking at Sophie and back who came in. And he did make a really positive impact for 10 minutes. Slides in. Takes the ball. Anthony Gordon blocks off Harry Maguire. And Willock has a free shot at goal. Are we saying this is the player's fault consistently? That these players are letting the manager down, and it's not the manager. Of course, it's it like that. Willock goal is on the players. He was given way too much time and way too much space for that goal. There was nobody closing him down quick enough. And Dallow. Dallow was dire. Dallow was just. Dallow was really, really poor tonight. Um, he really was. Unfortunately, we have no other options. So we got the changes tonight. The changes we wanted. Bruno was dropped, Rashford was dropped. It's another humiliating loss. Now what needs to change in Manchester United? That's a good question. Now what needs to give? I said this to you earlier on our first edition. Go back and listen to the case. I said to you, if this turns out to be a massive defeat, if it turns out to be another embarrassment, what needs to give? Do we finally start playing the manager? And by and large, Karen, I think you aren't playing the manager, you're playing the players again. But he changed the players. He gave well, me what you want and it's still not going right. Not just the players. I think it's... Like we, we say it every podcast. It's a com- combination of yeah, a lot of is. things. It can't... Yes, the manager... The it's, bu- it has to be... The manager the selects stops. the yeah. team. Yeah. Right. But the manager at the minute... I don't know whether he's trying to appease the fans or shut the media up or... I don't know what it is. But he has to say, you, 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 you're my first team pick until my injured players come back, right? And stick with it. And not trying to please players. And not trying to pigeonhole players in. Like, see that Bruno Fernandes playing on the right wing. No. I, I thought Bruno was good when he was come on today. I thought Bruno was good when he came on today. Because he, he was sitting on the bench. And he has to prove a point. Not just to his manager, but to his, the fans as well. Because the fans wanted Bruno Fernandes dropped. They wanted Marcus Rashford dropped. So do we sacrifice the win tonight to prove a point? What, what would the point be? The week no one's undroppable, as you called earlier on. Oh. Bruno Fernandes and Rashford are not undroppable. And we'll find that, well, I'm sorry, Kieran. No, I'll go first. No. Right. Um, that sits well with me. Okay. Kieran. Yeah. Do oh. we prove the point? I think the way Bruno came on, yes. But the time will, will really will tell, I think, is the game on Saturday. What are you expecting to change in the game as already? I'm expecting, well, I hope, no Dallow. Two games. After Copenhagen. Now, we have watched Arthur Hag crash out of the Carabao Cup. Fast forward a week. If he loses to Fulham and they crash out of the Champions League to Copenhagen, because a loss at Copenhagen is Manchester United in the Champions League, then they'll be pushed to panic button. What stage do you both, as consummate optimists, Push the panic button to Manchester United and turn around the quest in this month. Is it going out of the Champions League this year? And sorry to cut across. Is it to go out of the Champions League this year and lose the following of the weekend? Is that when you turn around and say, oh God, something's wrong? In my opinion, if we lose to Fulham and lose to Copenhagen, yes. 
we're in crisis. That is when big, big questions have to be asked of the manager. But I think getting Aaron Wan-Bissaka back, when we get Luke Shaw back, when we, or I don't, who knows what's wrong with Ferran? Martin is. Martin is apparently not to next year. I know, but you know, and it's just, and when he but gets. These are defenders, kids. These are defenders. And this is where. When does he score? When does he solve the goal scoring conundrum? When does he create more chances? When do we take control of the ball? When do we actually start to look like a team, a free flowing team, capable of scoring goals? Is it when our defenders come back? I don't think so. I can't stomach that. I don't know how this mysticism of Martinez and Shaw coming back is all of a sudden going to fix the goal scoring problems of Manchester United. Because of the style of play. Because That's on the manager. He chose the style of play. But he coaches the style of play. You, you don't he chose have it. the defenders. You don't have the personnel at present to play out from the back. Right? I'm sorry, and you've said I'm sorry, Jack just cut across you. He's saying you've actually said this yourself, Rory, uh, about Shaw and Martinez. Martinez plays out from the back and play, has a good has the passing Luke ability. Shaw, I think, is one of the key components to that team. going forward and creatively. Absolutely. Here we call it half time, and Newcastle did the same thing tonight. Manchester United started to try to take the same team in Newcastle. They started trying to play higher up the pitch. Newcastle still sat in because they knew they knew deep down. And Eddie Howe knew deep down, all you have to do to beat Manchester United is sit back and let them create their own chaos. Game on game. It's mistakes. It's chaos. It's midfielders misplacing passes. It's attackers not being able to score goals. All you have to do at the minute, if you're following at the weekend, is sit back and let them create their own shit show. Now, at what stage do we look at the manager and go, how are you fixing this? But they can sit back because the transition from defence to offence is slow. Because we have not got the defenders to play out from the back quick enough. True. We have not got the defenders who are comfortable on the ball. We you... have you. I'm so, sorry, Rory. You have Harry Maguire pinging long diagonal passes, which he was brilliant at tonight, right? But he was afforded the time and the space. You mm. have. Lissandra Martinez and you have Rafael Varane that can take that ball off Andrea Nana under pressure and transition it to the midfield and then it's, it's a quick transition. We have not got the personnel to do that. You don't think that Sophie and Amorabat and Casimir were good enough to play that as holding midfielders now? I didn't say that. Would you, are you listening? So tonight alone, Casimir had 43 touches of the ball, right? Overall, in one half of football. He had nine passes in the the final third. None out of two accurate crosses and three out of five accurate long balls. So then we'll transition into the second half where we change the whole midfielder on the manager's wishes. And in that pass to play, Armavat had 51 touches, six passes into the final third and accurate long balls he had three out of four. United did fuck all. How's that the defence's fault? That particular stat isn't the defence's fault. So we have a. You've you watched the football tonight. You've had Casemiro, Casemiro, and Amrabat come deep to take the ball from their defenders. They don't have to come deep then because our defenders in Varane and. To play the ball midfielder. Can 
can transition it to the apple. They don't have to do that. So you're saying that if we were able to ping the ball into Mason Mount and Bernard Fernandez... We're not Fernandes, pinging balls here. We're playing along the floor. Yeah, but you're saying... So what, what are we asking here? So the ball comes out. We'll take a possession of play tonight, right? Andrew Nana has the ball as a goalkeeper. He looks ahead of him. And the two players that have dropped deep are Harry Maguire and uh, Victor Lindelof. Do you want to give it to them? So yeah, no, you don't. No. But you play the ball out to Victor Lindelof, and right, we'll say for an argument's sake, right? I've got Lissandro Martinez. I play the ball out to Martinez. Who is Martinez go to when he turns around and passes? He he finds the pass to Casemiro on the field. Yeah, and he carries the ball out from defence. And he runs with it. Yeah, under pressure. So I mean, we're saying that because our centre backs can't run in the midfield with the ball, that's where we're losing. Progress with the ball. It's progressive football. It's part of the reason. By running from centre-back. How many times did the Newcastle centre-backs run tonight? It's like going around in circles here with yeah, the it tonight. You know, I think it's, it's just t- right. 10. I think you want to believe this optimistic view where centre-backs are going to come back in and because they're able to transition into midfield with the football, Manchester United will be on the front foot. But that's modern football now. That is modern football. We brought in a goalkeeper in Andre Onana, the sweeper-keeper, that can play out from the back, right? They can sweep the right. That our defenders can play high up the pitch. Our defenders can't play high up the pitch because they're too damn slow. So what we're saying is... Sorry, Keir. Am I talking gibberish here? No. I think Rouge is, bring, is bringing it back around yeah. to the same thing. Manager. So what we're saying manager. is... It's the manager. Centre-backs. Manager. It's the manager. Centre-backs. Yeah, manager. Right. Okay, you're like broken record. Seriously. So what we're saying is it's the centre-backs. We're saying it's a collective. We're collective playing what we're... But the only people missing tonight were the centre backs, were they not? And the wing backs. Luke Shaw. And Wam Saka. And Wam Saka. He was the, he was the only one. You reference the left back there. You said that if Lissandro Martinez was playing, Manchester would have a different style of football. Lissandro Martinez was fully fit and played those games where Rafael Varane was shit. But we're holding on to the crutch now because he's not in the team we can't blame him on. I heard today that Marcus Rashford and Bruno Fernandes is the problem. They didn't play tonight and United were shit. They came onto the pitch in the end. We're shit. So you think what the common denominator is that Newcastle had a better coach with better tactics, set his game out properly, and smashed Manchester United three 0 Old Trafford. That is it. You sound like a broken record, right? You want Ten Hagard. I do. Right. What's your solution? I don't have a solution. I just know this isn't the answer. So you're like, I don't know. But you missing me. I, w- I don't want Erickson Hag now. I want Erickson Hag to eventually go. Because I know in my head and heart that Erickson Hag is not the answer. The coaching is poor. The tactical instruction is poor. The man sitting in the dugout looks clueless. It's very all It's freak results.
yes, there were freak results, but I don't know. Look, I'm glad there are different views here, and I'm glad that my pessimism is not being unchallenged. But I just don't see what you have to be optimistic about at the minute. It's dire. It's utterly dire. And we're all not disagreeing with the fact that it's dire. Yeah, it's brutal. It's just... But can you not concede that we're missing key players? I can. I'm really interested to see what happens when these key players come back and there's no more excuses and it's still shit. I wonder at what stage do you actually give up on the ghost and decide that it's the manager and it's not the people on the pitch. Because I think a lot of pundits are splitting this and a lot of people, journalists, people who give views and, and the people I, I follow that do the exact same thing as we're attempting to do here, yes. And people want to be optimistic. They want to believe Manchester United is a future. Of course we do. I don't see it under this one. I don't. But Pochettino's the man. No, do you know, uh, right. According okay. to the... I am a person the of and bankers being in charge yeah. and money grabbers being in charge. And, but the money grabbers are in charge and we're winning stuff as well. However, that's another podcast. But I remember when we were relegated. I remember when Liverpool would win absolutely everything. And Rory will say at times, you know, why do you despise Liverpool? Because I was at school at that time. That was way back. But I, and Man United were eking out results and coming, well, I don't know what with the word in the league. But you all use all you your generation remembers is success. But was the generation before yours not built in success as well with Matt Busby? Not really. There was sort of equality. The Matt Busby was we won the Champions League, um, especially after the tragedy and all and stuff. But it wasn't success. It nothing like the Fergie or nothing like that at all. Because but, I remember at one stage turning around and it was Brett O'Hare. And I don't know what he was watching, but um, and I would turn around to Brett and says, "Well, how many did we win by?" It wasn't even did we win. <laughs> it was ridiculous oh. at one stage. It really was, mm-hmm. and this is where City is at at the minute. I can concede that in the Premier League. I can concede that if Manchester United were being remotely successful or showing a fight and desire to win Premier Leagues year on year. But you look at Manchester United, who are the biggest clubs in the world at the minute? I'm going to argue it's Real Madrid, Barcelona and Manchester United. Would Real Madrid or Barcelona accept the mediocrity that Manchester United fans are suffering for the past seven years? Absolutely not. So why am I wrong to demand better? From the manager, from the playing style, from the tactics. Because I'm not blaming the extenuating circumstances. I'm sorry, I know you find it hard to swallow but I am blaming the style of football that I see in that pitch, which to me is shocking. And the only thing I can point at is the manager has total control over what they do Monday to Sunday, what they train and what they try to implement. From throw-ins to corners to free kicks to style of play, it's fucking dire. But you're pinning it on the manager, right? There are too many negative variables in that football club at the minute. The takeover went on for a year. Nobody knew who was doing what. Um, the and I, I'm gonna I'm not gonna be Liverpool and make excuses, but our our injuries have been have decimated the style that we want to play. They've been the worst of any team. Absolutely. So tell me this. We we didn't even have it staggered, Kieran. No. We had it collectively. No. 
that back line was collectively injured from the start of the season. And they, to me, are pinnacle to the way, with, especially with getting Andrea Rana in, is pinnacle to the way that we want to play football. So, do you believe the Ratcliffe will change things, Kieran? Do you think the Ratcliffe is going to be the answer? No. So are you telling me now that I have to accept that this is Manchester United and this is what I watch week on week? I hope he is. I hope whoever takes over fixes things because, you know, not to be saying like a broker actor myself here and all United fans, like we all, we all agree, I think every fan will agree that the Glazers need to go. The football and structure needs to change. We spent 400 million on Eric Ten Hag's vision. I'm sorry, was, did, was Ten Hag given the... the the for his first choice players, no. Who did he pursue for an entire summer? Was 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 majority of his signings not loan signings? Yeah. Yes, they were. And Karen, excellent point. But that takes us to the end of the podcast because it's uh, we're over this time, guys. Look, thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate your support. Leave us some social media comments. Leave us some Twitter comments. Leave us whatever you want to doesn't really matter we know you support us in Manchester United community look folks tonight is about trying to come together as Manchester United fans after a really humiliating defeat so we will see you again in the Manchester United train we will see you again in the Irish Voice podcast it is what it is let's go for Fulham oh fuck I dread this <laughs>